0: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race, hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org events. Could cashiers at your local grocery store become a thing of the past? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. If you shop at many Aldi locations in the Chicago area, picking up the groceries is becoming a solo affair. The grocer's is in the process of moving towards self-checkout as the default, with cashiers only available if necessary. Some other stores, like Amazon Go convenience stores, they have even abandoned self-checkout completely. During the pandemic, we also saw an explosion in online shopping and curbside pickup. So what's it going to be like to grocery shop five years down the line? we posed that question to Steve Kane. He's a partner in the Chicago office of Bain & Company and an expert in Bain's retail and customer strategy and marketing practices. And I started by asking how common the entirely cashierless grocery store is in the U.S. at this point.
1: It's still pretty rare, um, but it's becoming more and more common all the time. Um, there, a, a lot of retailers are experimenting in different ways with different varieties and forms of this, whether it's um, self-checkout which is becoming more and more common or completely cashierless and that's happening through a lot of different types of technology that can either be you know through the app and optical methods that retailers use to, to keep track literally to keep track of you everywhere you go yeah. within the store everything you pull off a shelf or put back and track your every move
0: which i don't know if i love that
1: <laughs> yeah there's a creepy factor to all of this for sure um or other things with smart shop carts where there are cameras and scales embedded into the shopping cart like at an Amazon Fresh store that measure all of your again all of your movements and the the trade off that all of us as consumers have to decide is do we is is this novel and fun to experiment with or does it actually save me time and is it convenient
0: yeah why are we seeing a growing number of grocers shift to being cashierless in the first place? Yeah. Help us understand that.
1: I think there, there are probably a couple of reasons, one of which is just to be on the forefront of technology. And as we use our apps more frequently, certainly online shopping and, the, and how we've gotten comfortable as consumers to expect on-demand services, on-demand shopping experiences, um, trying to bring that into a physical store environment um, is, you know, most retailers want to be there. And for a lot of retailers and consumers, it's just more comfortable. It's easier for me if I have just a couple of items I'm trying to buy. I'm happy to do that myself. I don't have to wait in a line, anything like that. We know that forcing people to wait in lines only makes people frustrated. But there's a broader issue that's going on here related to cost, cost of labor um, that we can get into, which really is driving – the innovation and and push towards more automation. Yeah.
0: So some stores have only self-checkout or self-checkouts as the default. Others like Amazon Go convenience stores don't even require self-checkout, as you, you mentioned, with these cameras and other systems that are basically just tracking your every single move in the store.
1: Do you, Steve, expect one or the other is going to become the norm? I don't think so. I think there will continue to be a variety of options that the retailers will provide you options to either self-checkout, um, do it you know through other sorts of technology where there's no checkout experience, or to still have the support of an individual. And there are some you know major retailers, Walmart, Kroger, both have taken whole stores and moved entirely to self-checkout. Yeah, you mentioned Amazon Go and Amazon Fresh, which are trying to push people towards no checkout. Um, But in all cases, they have people there. They're still trying to help people adopt the technology. They don't want people frustrated and walking out and abandoning a cart. Um, So I think for quite some time, we will see a variety of options Mm -hmm. so that people have choice.
0: What are the benefits for the business to to do this type of system as opposed to having human beings?
1: Yeah, a lot of it is, to be honest, is driven by cost. So I'll, I'll focus on the grocery business for just a minute. Most grocery retailers operate with very, very little room uh, flexibility in their, in their P&L, in their their margins. They may have margins of 2 to 4%, really, really narrow, whereas luxury businesses may have 30 to 50% margins. So they have very little room to move. And through COVID and other things, the the cost of labor has gone up. We're in a tight labor market. And so as that cost goes up, retailers really have very little room to go other than to charge more for the products that they sell. Mm-hmm. But there's competitive pressure to keep prices low, Customers want prices low, and so they're looking for ways to eliminate labor from stores and do it in a way that doesn't actually distract from the customer experience. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of experimentation around this.
0: I mean, I feel like if if grocers lean into technology too much, Steve, I mean, don't they run the risk of seeming cold or <laughs> disconnected to customers?
1: They do, yeah. And at, at its worst conclusion, I think that's what we'll end up with is very um, – sort of anonymous experiences that lack a human connection. And so most retailers are making decisions, strategic decisions about where to invest. They don't want to go completely cold turkey, but they want to have, you know, let's invest people and human experiences in places where it really matters. And where it doesn't, let's pull that out. So it could be things that you never see that are happening behind the walls of the store or up in the supply chain where there's a significant amount of automation that's happening that's, that's delivering exactly what that store needs at the right time without having people, very many people involved. That doesn't really hurt a, c- a customer experience. But if you're at a deli counter and you want some help, then that's generally where people continue to put, put that human interaction because that's what we value as consumers.
0: Yeah, this is also, I think, possibly creating a further divide from folks who have tons of grocery options already mm. to people who live in grocery deserts
1: yeah. right now yeah it's true um and that that's a challenge that we we could go into in a different way, but yeah uh, you know trying to create a good experience to bring products, I think every retailer even here in the city of Chicago wants to bring that kind of experience to every community in every neighborhood um, and is doing it through a lot of investment um and trying to make that make that available to people mm-hmm. and only when pushed because of you know challenges with safety or challenges with with other things theft. And cost, they just can't make it work, and that's where you see a few pulling back. But in general, that's that's the hope is that with some of this technology and using it smartly and strategically, you can actually deliver an experience that doesn't detract from that customer experience, but do it in a way that's more economical for them so that they can provide you a breadth of products at a lower cost.
0: Yeah, to that, to that end, let's talk about what the, the grocer or the, the retailer should keep in mind, right? Because to your point, customer convenience – that's big, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, what would you give as advice as they're trying to make this shopping experience feel as seamless as possible?
1: Yeah, uh, to, to really start with the customer experience from beginning to end, and that's where you see some interesting um, technology and innovation. So, when customers plan their shopping trip, you know what are the things that you can do, and even some of the generative AI, you know, use cases that we'll start to see come into the into the uh, into the industry are going to help customers with. Planning a shopping trip, and then once you get there, how you shop a store, the the, the routes that you take, the products that you choose, the choices that you make—all of that can be informed by technology and things that will help you make smarter choices. But again, investing in the places in a shopping experience where customers actually value a human face-to-face interaction, yeah. being able to get you know a response from someone. If I'm in a, a home improvement store and I just have a question about something. I don't want to have to search or watch YouTube videos. I just need someone that knows that can shortcut that process for me. And the smarter and smarter our technology gets, in some cases, that actually becomes more convenient than less. Mm. Um, and that's the trade-off. That's the, the, the sort of world we're living in right now is this tension between technology and how convenient that truly is versus it's just novel and it actually is, can be frustrating.
0: As you mentioned the world, I'm, I'm curious how the U.S. compares to other countries when it comes to how cashierless stores have become.
1: Yeah, there's um we are in some cases ahead in some technology but also behind in adoption. Mm-hmm. So if you go to some countries in Europe and in in Southeast Asia for example, online penetration of grocery shopping and things like that is actually much higher. Um, more automation, things, you know, in the customer experience, it's actually higher penetration than what we see here. I see. But we're catching up and we're moving fast and there's a tremendous amount of innovation here.
0: So, Steve, let's talk about the, the pandemic. And, of course, that um, you've hinted on, uh, on it before, that the major shift that we saw its spark when it comes to this grocery shopping online experience. Back in 2019, before COVID, online shopping really just accounted for 3% of sales. That's right. right. But then came,
1: <laughs> came COVID, this
0: disastrous disease. Tell us what happened.
1: Yeah. Well, it was uh, as disruptive as anything we'd seen in generations. Um, it it not only did it force all of us as consumers to shop differently, and so it pushed online shopping penetration up as high as it could go. It really wasn't a demand issue that, ca- that capped to that penetration. It was supply. Retailers just couldn't keep up with it. They didn't have the staff to support it. Their, in many cases, their technology wasn't equipped to handle that kind of demand. Um, so online penetration moved up to 10 plus percent where it's kind of settled. But at the same time, you had supply shocks. So cost issues were being driven. It was harder to get products. Product was out of stock. And then labor costs went up. Retailers had to pay bonuses and increase wages to get people to still you know, show up for work during mm-hmm. that, that scary time. And then many of those labor... Um, pressures have continued, and there are obviously winners in that. People that work in like, these frontline jobs, they should be paid, paid well, and so some of these labor, um, you know, cost increases are, are great for them. But it does put pressure on, as I mentioned before, businesses that run at yeah. very thin margins, and so there has to be some give. So you either raise price to to cover the, all of these increasing costs, um, and with online penetration increasing, the cost to pick a, an item which customers normally did on the, their own. Mm-hmm. And certainly to deliver it, um, even to your car, if not to your home, um, that's just, again, added cost that the retailer had to absorb.
0: I mean, I must be old school because I did not buy groceries online until like year two of the pandemic. (laughs) That was actually my first time ever.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Do you expect more growth in this space? Like, I mean, at some point, Steve, could the majority of grocery orders actually be done online or do you think – People are back in stores. They enjoy being back in the store now, and it, you know, now that it feels safer to do so.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it will always be a, a mix. I think there, I, th- I think it took a lot of us time to adopt the technology, and that will continue to grow. So we'll see steady increases. We're at 10 to 12 percent now. We'll see that that could increase to 30, 40 percent over the next decade or two. Um, but I think it will start to separate the things that, are really routine that we don't enjoy shopping for i think many of us will ultimately adopt technology that allows us to do that on a more routine and automated basis yeah but none of us want to eat the same thing every single day that's why we have a lot of different restaurant choices Correct. so we want variety we want to be confronted with things that are new and innovative we want you know we want to taste different things we want different clothes you know in any every category we want a variety and and so we will always, I think when you're talking about fresh categories, um, produce, mm-hmm. meat, things like that, I think we will always lean towards having an in-person shopping experience where we're where we're being inspired and encouraged to try new things mm-hmm. because that as humans, that's what we love.
0: Um, well, when we talk about online shopping, there are more perks now, I think, being being connected to that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this goes beyond the actual grocery store. So what I'm thinking of are things like free Sephora samples when you shop online or Target allowing you to order Starbucks and have it delivered curbside. Any thoughts in general on that, Steve? I mean, is it good for the customer? good for the retailer.
1: Yeah, it's definitely good for the customer if if you're comfortable with that technology and giving up a little bit. Kind of bit an of, everybody wins. Yeah, giving situation. up a little bit of control, you don't get to choose exactly what you're going to what you're going to um what you're going to get, but we're getting smarter at doing that. Um, so there's a lot of benefit and there's a little bit to be honest of an arms race where cost, where retailers are trying to sweeten the deal constantly so that they can capture your wallet mm-hmm. because the switching cost if i invest a lot in a relationship with a retailer and they have all my data and my information and my shopping history it's so much easier for me to go there than it is for me to start a new relationship somewhere else yeah so most retailers are doing what they can currently to to bring people into their ecosystem to build a relationship that will last because it will you know it benefits really both parties if you're comfortable giving that amount of information and and you know to a retailer yeah they will try and serve you better and it can it can benefit you as the consumer as well.
0: Well before I let you go I'm curious what emerging trends you have your eye on cuz this is this is your bread and butter. So what do you have a, your eye on in grocery stores and more broadly mm-hmm. you know in retail overall.
1: Yeah, I mean automation in all forms is really what what it's about right now. So a lot of things that happen behind the scenes whether it's micro fulfillment centers, you know, so when you get an online order at your home delivered you know, more and more often that will have been picked entirely by machinery. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, you'll, you know, no one will have touched it, you know, and even automated delivery at some point. Um, Just but, robots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mentioned generative AI and the use cases, the things that will help us consu- as consumers use what we have smarter, shop smarter, envision things that we don't have, you know, reimagine what our rooms could look like, what our spaces could look like reimagine how to use what we have in our pantries and in our refrigerators, mm-hmm. a lot of that will help us be you know do, be smarter as consumers. and ultimately it's about convenience and using our time the way we want to. And so all this automation is to serve that purpose. Of course it lowers costs for retailers, which really allows them to turn around and give and continue to provide us goods and services at costs that we can afford.
0: We've been talking with Steve Kane. He's a partner in the Chicago office of Bain & Company and an expert in Bain's retail and customer strategy and marketing practices. Thank you so much, Steve.
1: My pleasure. It's been great.
0: This episode of Reset was produced and edited by Daniel Tucker, along with Micah Yason. Reset brings you the latest trends and news happening across the city and country. So don't forget to stay in the loop with us by liking and subscribing to the Reset podcast and our newsletter. It comes to you fresh in your inbox at 10 a.m. every morning. Thanks for listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you soon.